podcast which features startup stories journeys from founders and influencers and an all-round half an hour of insightful conversation with our guests of course um my background as you may or may not know is a startup world and my guest today is certainly no different she's been involved in seven startups prior to a current project if i've got that right and i'm definitely keen to find out more about those um if you don't know as well girls movement is looking to kind of mentor young individuals across the world and empower them when it comes to starting an idea and i think our guest today has had a kind of extraordinary journey when it comes to mentoring so i suppose let's give a warm welcome to manjit the founder of binti welcome manjit how are you I'm good, thanks, Polly. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. I mean, I was looking at kind of uh, what you what you guys are doing at Binti and and your story itself, and it's it's yeah, it's really insightful. I'm excited to kind of let everyone, the listeners, understand how you got the idea of Binti and and what's kind of coming up as well. Um, it's a great initiative. So I think from your side, it'd be great as the first question would be if you could tell our audience about Binti, where the idea came from, really. Well, um, I used to work as a mentor for the Sherry Blair Foundation about five years ago. And I was working with a young lady in Nairobi who needed some help with increasing the revenue of her business. And we used to speak every week on Skype on a Saturday. And despite the miles, our lives seemed quite similar. And then until one day when she said, Magic, do you know that women in Africa don't have access to sanitary pads? And... The time I was quite shocked. Um, I said, "Well, what do you mean? What do they use then?" She said, "Well, they use animal skin, cow dung, leaves, oh my God. whole newspaper, uh, cotton wool, anything to stem the flow." And I guess now, in hindsight, I know that the reason why I was so shocked and angry and in was because. I've worked in a very male-dominated space all my life. Yeah. And if I didn't have access to a sanitary pad, then there's no way I would have done any of the things that I had in my life. And that's kind of what pushed me to start doing some research and uh, really exploring what was happening out there. Wow, amazing. And was it um, was it something that went so kind of, of course, when you kind of start a startup or start a project you're always kind of doing initial sort of research I mean was there projects like Binti out there was there anything in Africa kind of doing something like this or I think the best answer to that question is um, one in ten people in the world still don't have access to clean water despite the fact that we've had organizations working for decades to try and rectify the situation yeah exactly for example, only 12% of women have access to sanitary pads. So there are other companies out there that are trying to make changes. But if we only reach 1% of the total population of India, we'll have made a massive, yeah. massive impact. And where's your sort of focus in terms of um, kind of countries that you help? Is it is it India, Africa, or is it a combination? It's a combination. To be honest, we started... Although um, my first country that I visited was Nairobi, 
Sure. Um, I went to India and then when I discovered how big an issue it was there, we started doing a lot of um, research and developing our education program there. But then, of course, by the time that work had started, um, exploring what was going on at home in the UK, we realised that, well, actually, homeless women, for example, don't have access to sanitary products or women in domestic violence shelters. You know, when a woman is trying to run away from a situation like that, the last thing she's going to remember to pack is a, yeah. um, a sanitary product. So when you start thinking about availability and access, as you realize that actually hang on there's a lot of women out there that wouldn't have products with them so for example if there's a war in a country mm -hmm. and women are running away this they still bleed and unfortunately we do drop food and we do drop water to them but often we forget that they need sanitary products yeah definitely it's definitely something which is overlooked and I think just to touch back on the point I think education is also such a big kind of issues especially in countries like say um india and africa educating people around this topic so there's not not as much of a stigma put around the topic itself i mean when you kind of what's the sort of typical engagement when you reach out to do you tend to reach out to schools or is it villages how does it work usually with schools um of course if we've set up a project in a location then we'll go back there and work in the community as well um, but generally, you ask a girl in India what's the period, the only thing that she knows is that it's dirty. She doesn't know where the blood comes from, why she bleeds, or how to take care of herself. So our education program is um, designed to tackle four areas. And first one, of course, is the biology of the cycle. Yeah. The second one, I think this is what I've learned just through my own experience and journey through Binti, is that if I knew where I was in my cycle or if I knew that I should eat certain foods or diet during my month, during the month, then my life wouldn't be so hectic every month emotionally with my cycle. So we cover the emotional side. Um, we explore the cultural side because there's so many different taboos across the country from not going to the temple, not touching certain foods, not being able to sit in the family home or having to change bed sheets and sleep on the floor, things like that. We we look and talk in an interactive fashion so that we can really dig deep into the stigma and the taboo that is associated to the girls in the particular village. Wow. Wow. And then the fourth one from a spiritual standpoint is really getting the girls to understand that they can do anything that the boys can. Yeah. And that dream big and stay in school so that we can kind of cut this cycle of dropping out of school because they don't have access to sanitary products and then getting married off really young and just kind of perpetuating the cycle again and again yeah it's really good because it's obviously I mean the more you kind of the more that you're telling me it's not just about um kind of periods and that this the cycle itself but it's actually looking more into socially what else they're dealing with as well and it's just kind of an element of their life uh and you're touching on different kind of elements which can I suppose like you say if they they want to if they we want them to stay in school and that's something you're helping with which is huge so it's yeah it's amazing I mean it obviously I can imagine it's not just yourself doing this I mean how does the team work do you have kind of full-time team or is that is it volunteers we're all volunteers right now um we've been running for about three and a half years we've 
opened an office in India. Um, we've got one that's just, just been opened in the US as well. So yeah, it's full, all full steam ahead, but um, essentially all run by dedicated volunteers. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great when you can kind of um, people buy into your idea. And of course, when they're, they're volunteering, it's, it's even more kind of amazing that they're doing that. So, yeah. And are you looking for volunteers at the moment or are you always looking for volunteers? We're always looking for volunteers. I think we've got large ambitions. So having people with expertise, being able to commit some of their time to the work that we do is really important. So across the board from marketing, social media, Sure. Um, to sometimes going out with us to projects in India, training up as a binti menstrual trainer, for example, it's kind oh. of a life-changing experience to actually go out to a foreign country and teach girls about menstruation. Yeah, come on. Once you've taught someone, you can't unlearn what you know, so you actually make an impact to that girl's life and for generations to come. So it really is quite rewarding. Yeah. And it's kind of an all-round circle kind of relating to it as well. Um, kind of obviously being female, you can kind of empowering someone of that age and, and giving them a different outlook on what they're, I suppose, what they're being surrounded with, constant kind of negative ideas around your period and, and kind of being a woman. So it must be great having someone coming in and saying, actually, no, that's completely not the way to look at it. But I think it's also an impact on the volunteer as well because yeah. you really do get a sense of other people's lives and how they live it and actually you learn a lot just by training in that environment yourself and hearing their stories and how they deal with things yeah definitely and I suppose would you would you say I don't know how to suppose phrase this question but do you ever get any sort of backlash or negative kind of um comments when you go into the like different countries um and go into a village does anyone kind of come to you and say you shouldn't be doing this or anything not really I think in the beginning I remember because I was so angry and I had to make a change um, and I was I suppose really focused on the information that I felt needed to be put out there I wasn't really listening to other people's opinions and ideas and everybody's on their own journey so yeah I would say that there hasn't been many occasions when it has come up as someone completely against the work that we're doing because sometimes they think that menstruation should be a secret private topic. Yeah, yeah. But really, you do have to open your eyes and realise that it's not just about your own experience, it's about other people's. Yeah, of course. If everything's fine in your world doesn't mean it's fine in anyone else's world. No, completely. Approaching it differently and not being, from my perspective, I've learned not to be so um, single-minded, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I have to be. Otherwise, I'll know. I'm I'm talking about one of the greatest taboos in society, right? So, I have to be quite determined and forthright. Yeah. And I would say that I've I've been on the other end of the fence, where yes, I grew up in a very conservative family, and menstruation was definitely not one of those topics that was um, openly discussed. And in fact. I remember having to hide my underwear under a towel if I was if it was washed. So I kind of really get a good understanding of why this stigma um, exists in India, for example, or anywhere else in the world. And I think also, um, like much of these topics, like it's great kind of. I mean, when I started looking at girls, in I mean, I always 
the long-term goal is obviously helping communities in India and places like Africa. But when you start looking a bit closer to home, you actually realise that there's actually kind of bigger issues within the UK as well. Um, and the sort of stigma around this topic must be something in the UK that you've come across, like not just with obviously homeless people not having access, but in different cultures, there must be so many conversations which are not being had within households about kind of menstrual. Do you do, do, you do work in the UK as well? We do, and, and if you just think for a moment um, about advertising, uh, why is it that they use blue liquid when they highlight mm. the absorbent uh, sanitary product? I mean, we're kind of perpetuating this secrecy and silence from yeah. a very young age where girls are taught, hey, let's make this liquid that comes out of us look as if it's blue yeah. so that we don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we're told it's so that... true actually it's just yeah I mean I watched an advert the other day and I was like that's not how it is that's it's not blue but you just it goes over your head because you're like oh it's just advertising and and that's the way it is but actually if we can't even do it in advertising then how are people when looking at it at home gonna think that oh it's okay to kind of talk about and stuff like that we've been campaigning for that for the last two years and we have kind of made headway with that um great body now just released a, this was about a month ago an advert where they have got red liquid showing but really it's one of those things where we know that this menstrual shame exists in our world just as much as it exists in developing nations so it's a problem that half of the women around the world face oh, sorry half of the population around the world face and there's no point being in denial that it doesn't exist because clearly it does yeah of course no definitely I think I mean when I read more up about Binti and what it's trying to do is it sounds like it's a it's definitely a challenge which you're facing kind of every day I and mean, what would be your biggest highlight of this year when it comes to Binti would you say this is so many really to be honest um I think the one that I enjoy the most is actually on the ground and speaking to the girls and watching yeah. their face light up when they suddenly realize what that niggling pain in their back every month is and so really those are the big ones for us but um i guess some of the others could be we've won a couple of awards this year um yeah. we get an organization send us a check and we've never spoken to them before it means our social media or our marketing campaign is working really well yeah. that's really always nice um getting some fantastic volunteers to help and make an impact uh, the team spirit that we have is phenomenal um yeah it's a combination i mean i love doing what i'm doing and it always makes me giggle because here i am traveling the world talking about periods and i remember when i was younger i always wanted to have a really sexy product that i could sell <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't get any sexier than bloody periods, I guess. So, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about uh, the start world for yourself. I mean, when I was, uh, I read, read a kind of bit of background on you, and it's mentioned that you've, you've been involved in seven startups. I mean, is that stat right? I mean, is it more than that? And what's your experience around the startup world? Well, I, I was one of those salespeople that grew up in an era where I was given a telephone you know telephone book I don't even know if anybody knows what one of them is but like a yellow pages directory yeah telephone and I knew what I was selling and then I had to go and find organizations to sell to so I started from a very basic uh, way of communicating and probably had a 
people tell me no a million times. Yeah, that that rejection. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah, so it's been startup of sales departments um, with different organisations. One of my most exciting jobs was this American company who hired me to start the sales division in the UK. Yeah. And at the time, this is going to sound really crazy, but they were selling a fax technology service. Oh, wow. <laughs> when you would stand by the fax machine trying to send a document and the paper would be run out at the other end or um, it was busy, well, this technology service would allow you to send the fax the first time and then the fax would arrive at this organization's server and that it arrived at the final destination. That was a groundbreaking technology. Yeah, I was going to say, for the time it was probably groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah, that was 98 actually, so wow. yeah, it was interesting. Amazing. And uh, at the moment, are you involved in any startups? I mean, what do you do outside of Bintu? Um, outside of Binti, I guess I sleep and <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Love it. Um, I, I suppose, I mean, obviously you've kind of gone and kind of mentored young girls across the world. What's the sort of, in your eyes, what's the importance of mentoring girls in this day and age? Well, I would say that throughout my own personal career, I've always had a mentor and it's important to have people that you can learn from or that you can look up to or that you aspire to be like because it really does help you to build the skill that you need yeah, moving forward. And sometimes as a mentor, you know yourself that we have the answers, but sometimes we just need someone to help us. Yes. You know, everyone has their own answer already. Mm -hmm. It's just a mirror uh, placed in front of you to help you work it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's definitely an important thing. I mean, with 2018 just around the corner, I mean, what's exciting that's coming up for Binti? Are there any kind of events or key kind of stuff in the calendar for you guys? Uh, we um, have a number of things going on. So we are launching an app. Um, oh, wow. Cool. A recycled product that's coming out. Um, yeah, there's... I think it's kind of a funny one because if you, if I reflect back on the year, there's always something massive every month. And if I'm having a bad day, it, it suddenly turns into a fantastic day because something crazy will happen. It's just the way that it is. And I guess, I guess if I was to talk to somebody who is starting their own startup, once you're in the, in the, what's the right word? Once you're in the zone and you've started on something, You'll find that the universe has a great way of doors that just keep opening. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, why I always tell myself that the start world is just, I mean, you'll have more downs than ups, but when you have the ups, you've really got to appreciate it and that, that will carry you through for like the next month or two months. So, yeah, I mean, when you, like you say, if you're having a bad day, even like looking back on the positives that have happened in that week or in that day, they really do lift you and then suddenly new doors open. It's a great feeling. So just on um, a kind of final question, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I think um, people around me will always tell me to slow down. Um, <laughs> I kind of go at a f pace that's quite fast. If I was to reflect back on my younger self, I guess the younger self would just be told to have more faith in what she's doing and 
to um I don't know if I'm doing anything different to when I was when I was younger and I guess the only thing is that it sounds extraordinary but when I was younger I just did it without thinking yeah and now I'm thinking a little bit more than I did when I was younger um it hasn't really slowed me down much but <laughs> I don't know I, I guess also just this it's just this having the self-belief that would be it yeah when we're younger we don't we don't always necessarily believe that we can do anything and sometimes answers come at a different stage in your life because you're ready to hear them at a different point so it's just knowing that everything's fine everything's gonna work out yeah I think when you're when you're younger you definitely need to tell yourself more that it's all gonna work out and I think that fear factor is always there when you're younger and kind of what what's the future if I make this decision what's gonna happen I think when you come from a world of startups every day is like oh my god if I do this what's going to happen um but yeah no that's definitely some good advice um to put out there um well thank you so much Manji I mean it's it's an amazing journey that you've had with Binti and I think you, you guys are early in what you're doing in terms of kind of is it three years young that you you are three and a half years is that right um yeah. Yeah, and I feel like you've you've achieved so much already. So I'm I'm really kind of back in that even in the next one year, five years, you guys are going to do great things. So good luck with everything. Um, and I think with the volunteering, if if anyone's interested, I'll put the details at the bottom of the YouTube. So reach out to Manjit and her team because um, I definitely think it's a, a project worth getting involved in. So thank you, Manjit. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Polly, and good luck with your venture too. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, everyone. Um, of course, we're live on iTunes now, so you can download this uh, podcast. Um, and thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon. Thank you.